Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve, Ben. Happy New Year's Eve, Jake. You got Miracle big- Megan. You uh, have you, you. You're liking this nickname, Miracle Megan. <laughs> it's great. She doesn't I talk like very too. much. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't talk very much. So we need to have a little bit of a shorthand to introduce people to okay. her. Yeah, that's fine. It's kind of one me. of the tricks. Yeah. Let me tell you some tricks of radio. I've been in it half as long as you have, and I'm about a tenth as successful. I know nothing, and that is that is far from true. And we are here today, Ben. On this New Year's Day, do you have big plans here? See, you know, now, I got invited to a party. I was going to say, see, back back in my single days, New Year's Eve was one of the best days of the year. And I didn't actually get invited to a party. I got invited by a friend as a plus one, and the person who invited me doesn't know me. But the person who invited the person who invited me, the party they got invited to is of some consequence. So like, I'm like consequence how? Like their people, like their familiar so, people so, around the society. Yeah, yeah. Famous ben. litigious people. So maybe I wonder if uh, what if your wife Ben, like, uh, are we talking something around the jazz? No, no. We're we talking about something about, uh, around uh, the- like social media people, like Twitter people. They're like you. If you're a Utah person on Twitter, you follow this person. Uh, let's see. You probably don't, but you're not in the circles. <laughs> you hate Twitter. Well, are they really famous if they're Twitter famous? No. Or is this somebody no. who is, no, who is they're relevant? No, they're of Twitter consequence, though. The, so not relevant for any other reason? Correct. Oh, yeah. I probably don't Correct. Follow. Yeah. Correct. No, I don't. But, like, there will be... I thought you were going to the governor's mansion or something for no. a second. No. Well, actually, he, he, that's one of his jokes is that he's the current governor of the, of the state, so that might be... A oh, he's the one running the show. He says he is, but he's not. It's just a joke. Oh. Anyway, what are you doing? You got the kiddos? I'm I'm working. Going to bow. Yeah, you. I mean, what I'm working. Talking too. I'm about. I'm the game. working. I'm leaving early. I'm leaving after the third quarter, so we can get all primmed and proper You're for gonna, New Year's. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be sitting in this chair right here. Miracle Megan, you got uh, you got New Year's plans? Got a lovely date with my couch. Oh, and you get to kiss the couch. <laughs> kiss the couch. So are you going to make it? Weird. Are you going to make it to midnight? Are you going to bang pots and pans? Or are you just crashing? Uh, probably just crashing. I don't really. I don't blame you. You're not going to stay up. If I'm forced, maybe. You gonna watch a movie? 
Yeah. Throw something on? Yeah, throw something on. You ever seen uh, good New Year's Eve movies? There's not a lot of them. When Harry Met Sally is a good one. It ends on New Year's Eve. It's classic. That always well, brings a tear to my th- eye. That is a movie, yeah. I cry every time I watch When Harry Met Sally. Really? Yeah. I've, I've seen it once. Yeah. There's a couple no. movies I cry every single time I watch them, and it's always around the holidays. Every time I watch It's a Wonderful Life, I cry every single time. So my mom, I've seen her get emotional in various movies uh, over the years. I mean, we all cry when Gus dies in Lonesome Dove, right? I mean, we all share, <laughs> shed a tear. <laughs> no, at, I've at, seen Lonesome at, Dove. At, oh, it's the greatest I, book I'm with slash you. I love miniseries it. I love it. ever. Uh, but nobody's seen Lonesome but, Dove. But this is what I love about my mom. She cries at, in the same scene of the most random movie of all time when Goose dies in Top Gun. <laughs> it's a tearjerker. Did the new one of those ever come out? Wasn't that supposed to come out like 18 months ago? Yeah, it was supposed to. I'm not sure. And then they were like, ah, we're pushing it back to the summer of 2021. And I was super excited for that. Yeah, when is Top Gun 2 coming out? It still has not been released. You now were, it says May 2022. Megan, you were it's not. never coming out. Listen, there has never been a reheated movie that's been good. Like any time I hear somebody say I'm super, I'm super excited. No, they're Megan remaking excited Coming to it. America. No, you're not. Yeah, because Megan, you, Megan's got Top Gun energy, but it's not going to be the Top Gun that she knows she's and like, loves. It's, she's like twenty twenty two's Kelly McGillis. It's going to be just awful. <laughs> There's no way that that movie's going to be good. They've never reheated a movie and it's turned out to be good. Tom Cruise is the same in every movie, so how can it not be good? I got duped into watching the Billy Bob Thornton remake of Bad News Bears. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> this is <laughs> just the, the worst thing I've ever heard. And then hmm. they're and then best movie remakes. They're they're messing with your childhood that's at an that interesting point. Question: What are the best movie remakes? The the reheated movies. Hmm. There's got to be a couple of them. Well, there's like 25 Robin Hoods over the years. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, you that can doesn't find really count. That's kind there. of a classic story that they keep retelling. You know, if you're talking about like a movie that was made and its first creation was a movie, and then they were rebuilding it or reheating it, as you and, like to and, say. And here, I'll, I'll add to this. The longer it is between point A and point B, the worse it's going to be. And I'll even throw in kind of your sequel, Ben, if you don't want to call it a remake either. Uh, there have been, what, maybe one, two sequels that are better, better than good sequels. The, the original. So throw out The Godfather 2. I've heard it. Sure. But... Outside of that, you know, throw out uh, what's the the Tom Cruise Paul Newman movie that everybody says is the best sequel, blah blah blah, The Hustler or whatever. L- throw out the outliers, okay? Sequels and reheats. Throw out all the ones that are better. Uh, are and of just course, none of them are better. If you throw name, out all the jazz wins this year, they're all lost. Name a sequel that's better than the original. No, I'm with you. There's not a lot. The two that I just you. said. I'm with you. I'm with you. You're. I know you love here, Ghostbusters too, Ben. I haven't seen Ghostbusters two in a while. What about Lord of the Rings? Those kept getting better. Here's the thing. That's kind of a... That's one movie. That is kind of one movie. I'm with Jake on that. That's kind of all one movie. Like, there's seven Harry Potters, or is there eight? There's eight. Oh! Maybe none of them are good, but they're all the same. No, that's people love not, Harry Potter. That's not... We had a hit people on our hands. Get back in the writing room and, and make me another one. That's one story. Fifty Shades of Grey, better than Twilight? That's a, that's a true reheat. They really heated that one up. Wait, what? Fifty Shades of Grey and Twilight are... It's the same thing. No. No, it's Yes, it not. is. Yes, no. it is. I haven't seen either, yes, it is. but Fifty there's... Shades is a fan fiction adaptation of Twilight. Yes, it is. The vampire thing? Yes. 100%. And they just changed the names of the team, characters. Team Harry versus Team Sally? And then they kind of tweaked the story a little bit, but it's the same thing. It's Yeah, it's the same thing. I don't agree. But that's no, it's not a reheat. A thing. 
That's like a, uh, they crank the heat up, Jake. This is this cranked is it to an eleven. Such a ridiculous Sultry. argument. But the, that's the, the like Scorsese, for example, uh, Gangs of New York, and what's the one he did with uh, uh, Jack, where he's a mob boss that he won the Oscar for? Departed. Departed. Yeah. Are the same movie. Yeah. Exactly the same plot, the same movie, but it's not reheated. It's just Scorsese swing and miss with one. And he was like, man, if I pick a different era, I bet this movie will be a hit. Bam! Oscar. And they did. And that's one of his worst movies. Departed? Yeah. I'm, I'm that's not, not what it was worse. He doesn't make bad movies. I actually liked Gangs of New York better than yeah, Departed. But I don't love Departed. There's other movies. Or Gangs of New York, for that matter. Yeah. Kind of deep in this one. Yeah. That's fine. You're good. But yeah, Fifty so, Shades started out as fan fiction for Twilight, where they just had Bella and what's Robert Panza's name? Carl. Carl? What was his name? What's the vampire's name? Stanford. Edward. Just Frenching. <laughs> they were just Frenching the whole time. The whole book was them Frenching. And then they were like, well, let's turn him into a super rich guy. And we'll turn into her into like a, she works at like a book publisher, right? Yes. <laughs> and they just keep Frenching too. But they have a plane this time. How do you both know this much about these movies? That's more than I've ever wanted to know. You've never watched them? You've never seen Twilight or Fifty Shades? No. What are you doing, dude? I know what you're doing this weekend. I know what you're doing this weekend. I know what I'm not doing I know this what you're weekend. doing on Sunday. You're going Twilight. Is there four Twilight movies? There's four, yes. There's four, because they split the, second, the third book into two books, into two movies. So you're going ham, four straight Twilights, and then there's like three or four Fifty Shades, right? Three. There's three Fifty Shades. you got seven movies lined up, partner. So... You got seven. You've got fourteen hours of great filmmaking. So that's a hard on no Sunday for for a variety of reasons. Who's got that kind of time? Yeah, it's mean, a Sunday. Hey, hey, it's a Sunday, Sadie. January second. Take a break from Barbie Dreamhouse she for a second. She liked Twilight. And- it's got wolves. <laughs> Put her to bed for Fifty Shades. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a great story about my wife. So we were first dating. We're in that stage where, you know what, I'm pretending to like anything. Well, I'll do whatever. I just, you know, I'm looking to spend time together. She's like, our friends having uh, having dinner down at the old gateway, they're going to go across the, the plaza and see uh, a movie. I was like, yeah, sign me up, whatever. You were in the early Anastasia Christian phase is what I call it. And she- You know what I'm talking about, Megan? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what am I missing? Regretfully That's the so, Fifty yep. Shades people. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, she told me, she's like, the movie is Magic Mike. And I was like, yeah, uh, fine. I'm going. Anyway, I, we, we eat dinner and we're walking across the thing. We're about to get on the escalator. And she goes, you don't have to do this. <laughs> I said, okay, listen, I'll see it. Uh, I, I'm an Olivia Munn fan. Why not? She goes, no, you know, unless you really want to, I wouldn't worry about it. And I was like, thank you. I'll see you. You didn't go? No. You haven't seen Magic Mike? No, I haven't seen Magic we've got, Mike either. We've got... F- 15 and a half hours of movie that you need to watch. You've got four Twilights, you've got three Fifty Shades, and there's two Magic Mikes. Maybe the sequel to Magic Mike's better than the original one. It's not, no. but it's not. But the first one's good. You should see the original Magic Mike. I love how uh, they progressively get worse. Yeah. Oh, see? Back to the... Look at Megan <laughs> over there. this list back, goes on. Back to the point that the sequel or the reheat never good. But Matthew McConaughey's great. He plays Dallas in Fifty Shades because he's from Dallas. You see the writing there? You see how good that writing is? He's from Dallas, so they call him Dallas. <laughs> He's good in it. You He's mean funny. Magic Mike? He wasn't in Fifty Shades. What did I say? Fifty Shades? Magic Mike. He's in Magic Mike, and he's really funny in it. He's like the club owner. Let's see here. Uh, we have some breaking NBA news, Ben. What? From Woj. What? 
about Magic Mike? I don't believe so. Uh, the NBA and NBA PA have agreed on new protocols that would allow COVID-positive players to clear isolation after five days if, quote, CT values, unquote, are above 30. That lowers threshold from seven days and CT values above 35. The NBA's changes are based on new data shared with the okay. CDC. NBA's protocols are more flexible than changes made last week, but still slightly more cautious than the NFL and NHL. Okay. Well, good. It spreads faster in the NBA than it does any other sport. So that makes sense. No, that's good. You know what? That means, I mean, unfortunately, it means fewer guys getting called up from the G League, which actually has been kind of a fun story seeing all these guys from the G League uh, getting called up and getting an opportunity. But it means fewer games getting canceled. It means a smoother season. And when it eventually hits the Jazz, the Jazz will not be as hit as hard by it as some of these other teams that have missed, you know, seven guys, ten guys. Because, yes, it's the end of one pairing of the uh, of them testing positive and the beginning of another there's just less chance of overlap like tonight the Minnesota Timberwolves I think and I don't you know I don't know how quickly this is going to impact these guys tonight but there's no uh, D'Angelo Russell and no Carl Anthony Towns tonight in Salt Lake City it's just like they're just they're so beat up they have so much COVID running throughout and even Anthony Edwards a bunch of guys are questionable tonight I'm all about flexibility I feel like you know the world at the moment for a while now has required some flexibility when it comes to dealing with unique situations that we've never been confronted with. Yes. So maybe that's been our biggest mistake is we've been a little too black and white on a things. little bit. <laughs> yeah. So the NBA being a little flexible, I am perfectly fine with. Now I'm also operating under the assumption that these uh, players and teams are consulting with qualified physicians that can help make uh, responsible decisions. So I've got no problem whatsoever. With the league getting out of the way and letting teams and physicians and players manage the situation a little bit more. It only makes sense. Sure. I think it only yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And you need to have some set requirement. You can't have one team that says it's a free-for-all and one team that says, no, we don't trust anybody. But yes, you need to give some authority. Yeah, I mean, you got to maybe trust teams a little bit that they're not going to you know, pull their star player out of the sickbed and throw them onto the floor. You also but I don't have, think that's going to happen. But did I don't you think see any of Draymond's happen. comments last night? Did you see what Draymond was bad about? So yesterday's game between the Nuggets and the Warriors got postponed when the last time these two played, the Warriors had a bunch of players in health and safety protocol, and the Nuggets were relatively healthy. The Nuggets aren't going to be healthy all year because they don't have Aaron Gordon or Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr., etc. But last night, it was kind of decided that they've had this outbreak, and I don't think Jokic was going to be able to play, and Mike Malone wasn't there. And even though I think they had the minimum required players to play, the Nuggets said they're not going to play the game. Essentially rescheduling the game until they're healthier and have a better chance to win. So they're kind of using it to their advantage to not play a game last night, to postpone it. And Draymond was all up in arms about it. He should be. He was. He said, yeah, you guys played us. You guys got a chance to play us when you were healthy and got a win. And that was because I think they played back-to-back games against each other. And he said, and now you're waiting to postpone a game until you're healthy? Like, that's not fair. And I actually think Draymond has a little bit of a point. He's got a, a huge point. I don't care what happened in their previous meeting, Ben. You have the, you have the guys to go? We're pushing through. Yeah, if you have enough guys yeah. to go. Yeah. I, I'm sorry it's your best player. Hey, we watched the Mavericks on Christmas night. They were missing everybody but Chris Stapp's Porzingis, right? I mean... <laughs> Correct. Right. The, the, the whole... It was a nightmare. The NBA's whole focus on this, or a whole uh, strategy, was we're going to push it through. 
we're going to let you sign whoever you want to sign, and right. we're going to push it through. And right. you know what? You're going to go up uh, against some teams shorthanded, but we're going to get through this. Over the course, but it's going to and out. And we're going to figure out, which I think is absolutely the proper course of action. But yeah, if they're they're manipulating it because oh we're a little bit shorthanded, oh that I I find that offensive. This is what Draymond had to say last night. He tweeted it out. So when the game is rescheduled, which will probably take a day away from our break, we will play them at full strength. But they got to sneak a win when we weren't at full strength only two days ago. Let's make it make some sense here. Yeah, Draymond here, is here, going buddy. to be the best NBA commentator of this next generation after. He's going to be I good next to Barkley. If He's he going to be better than it. Barkley. I think he does want to. He already during the playoffs, maybe not better. He knows the game better than Barkley ever knew the game, which will make him give him another interesting detail. He's a smarter player than Barkley was. Okay, so I could see that. He, he will have a better understanding of guys, what the modern league is. And look, the, the league will move past Draymond, too. You know, the, the league doesn't stop. That's why it's fun. But he will be the next great TNT or ESPN or whoever wants to have him as an, an, an analyst. He's going to be incredible. So the I'm trying. I'm going to tread not, lightly because I don't want to be too mean here. But Charles is not being as smart as Draymond is actually part of what makes Charles 100%. amazing. 100%. Because when you're smart, all of a sudden – Filters come up, Ben. Right, right. <laughs> and you you think about more things than just hey, I'm going to get out there and say what I think. Oh, he shoots from the hip. I know, and that's really fun. And about that's Barclay. what makes him incredible. Yep. And uh, sometimes he's right. Sometimes he really is right, and and has some of that former player insight that you don't know right. as a fan or even as another media member who's never played. There is some of the mentality that he gets from having lived it his whole life that not everyone gets, and he really does know how to put but that in. Draymond does have. I'm going to say whatever. And I don't give a what, but it's a it's in a different way than it is Charles. Bit, yeah. It is it's a little bit more biting in a way than, than Charles. It's yeah, it's, meaner. right. So I wonder, but I I think he'd be more than if he wanted to do it, he would be pretty good at it. It'd be great. I, yeah, yeah. I, and I he already guess. during the playoffs after the Warriors get eliminated, he'll generally go and do a couple of hits on TNT. So I think he has an interest in it. He seems like the type of guy who wants to be around the game. Absolutely, because there is I mean, selfishly, I hope he doesn't coach. He'd be a great coach, but selfishly, I'd, I'd rather hear him on a broadcast. You know, pretending that there's a modicum of skill that comes along with doing what we do, Ben. It Playing football or playing basketball and speaking into a microphone are entirely different there's skills. There's no relationship. And there's a lot of swings and misses when it comes to athletes out there who want to put their toe in it and, and, uh, and try it out. There's a lot of... I could I could tell you some some funny stories from my own personal uh, Jason experiences, Woodlock. but right, yeah, he's great. And who was he the was, was he the who was the tight end from the Cowboys who retired? Did one year of Monday Night Football and went back to the NFL? Oh, uh, not Jason Whitlock. Yeah, I was going to say Jason the the sports columnist turned right winger. No, not Jason Whitlock. Sorry, no, but I'm, who is well spoken on television? What's his Jason name? Whitlock. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tony Romo's guy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm absolutely drawing a, bl- a blank here, but I will pull it up. But yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work. He wasn't good. Jason at it. Witten. Jason Witten, not Jason Whitlock. Yeah, you get I why like, I would wait, confuse those huh? two. Yes, he's not. He wasn't good. You thought he would be really good. He'd been around the league. He'd done good interviews. You thought he'd be good at it. He's not good at it. There's a different switch there. A different energy you have to have. Yes, Excuse very me. much. Uh, in a different uh, skill set entirely. Yes. But it seems like Draymond Green would kind of be a natural, just like Charles Barkley. 
was uh, was a natural. Yeah. And Tony Romo was a natural. Tony he Romo stepped great at it. Right in. A Rod, shockingly good at it. But there's a reason that you're right about that. He is good at it. Yeah. Uh, but there's a there's a reason that Phil Simms is still around for yeah. some reason. Yeah. I mean, he was hardly relevant. Chris Collinsworth was, was great. Chris Collinsworth. There's a reason he's still around and doing the biggest games because it's not. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do. It's not just about the name. But there's a lot of time. There's a lot of reason a lot of those guys aren't play-by-play guys because it's just a different skill. Correct. You know? Yes. It's just a different. It's a different attention. It's a different energy. All right, Ben. We'll we'll dive more into the Rose Bowl coming up right around the corner. <laughs> is that happening of tomorrow. Course, that is a, that is a big story. But we're talking about movies and COVID rule changes, which is just. It's good. it's a good topic, Ben. You were, you started this off on New Year's New Year's movies, and there really aren't that many. We'll look them up. We'll come back with some <laughs> with some New Year's movies. All right, stay tuned. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the youths as they prepare for the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Keep it locked on The Zone all week long as The Zone gets you ready for the biggest game in Utah football history. As Kyle Whittingham and the youths square off against Ohio State. Get live up to the second coverage with Patrick Kinahan, Alex Keery, and Scott Mitchell. Live from Pasadena, your home for the best Rose Bowl coverage in Utah. It's right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Utah to Ohio State. It's Rose Bowl week for the Utes, and we're getting you ready for kickoff. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Ben, did you did you Google it? Yeah, there's nothing. It's crazy. Not really? many good uh, New Year's Eve movies. Best New Year's movie. There's a movie called New Year's Eve, which I know Megan has seen. Because I, I know Megan like the back of my hand. And that movie's not very good. But Megan might like it more than other people. Uh, 13 best movies to ring in the new year. We'll just burn through these real quick. New Year's Evil, which sounds fun. Strange Days. New Year's Eve, which we just talked about. Boogie Nights, which is... Don't watch with the kids, but it's a very good movie. Uh, Four Rooms, Diner, Money Train, Bridget Jones Diary, While You Were Sleeping, While You Were Sleeping is pretty funny. Uh, Snowpiercer is a good one. When Harry Met Sally, my fave. And Affair to Remember, also very good. And uh, 200 Cigarettes. Going with Money Train. Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes? Yep. Not too bad. Two two train movies on there. (laughs) All right. Snowpiercer. Okay. Also a train movie. New Year's Eve. Actually, while you were sleeping, doesn't he slip on ice while he's getting on a train as well? I think that's three there's train movies. There's a train in there. Yeah. Bad movies. The uh, there's, I don't think there's a joke there I won't make, but let's move on. All right. Okay, Ben. Jazz getting Donovan Mitchell back tonight, but uh, we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we might hear from Donovan on the show. Yeah. We're hoping to. Uh, they have shoot-around availability. We might be able to tap into that, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more jazz coming up, but the Rose Bowl is tomorrow, Ben. Yeah. You have plans? I'm going to watch the Rose Bowl. Hell yeah. We're working. I watched games all... I mean, it starts at 5, right? Well, 3, yeah. 3 our time? 5 yeah. Eastern? Yeah. I still don't know how any of that stuff works. 
It's not hard. You you take five and you subtract two. <laughs> I watched a bunch of games last night. I watched that insane Tennessee game last night that was incredible. It was one of the best college football games I've ever seen. If you hate defense, it was great. There was a touchdown every 40 seconds in the second half. It was so fun to watch. 80-yard plays every single time there was a snap. It was great. So I've, I'm into the bowl season other than uh, Pac-12 going winless, which is pathetic. Good word. Uh, right now, the Pac-12 added again. Washington State taking on Central Michigan in the salvaged Sun Bowl, and uh, Wake Forest is up on Rutgers, seventeen to ten 17 right to now. Ten, which we have up for some reason. Which would you rather? Uh, let's, let's. Is there another game on? Yeah, I don't know how the remotes work. I don't know how time works. I don't know how television remotes work. Apparently, let's get this over to. Should CBS. we get to the top three stories of the day at KSLSports.com? Uh, I suppose PK is going to be on with us at eleven thirty when we normally do this, uh, of course, feature. So we're bumping it up to ten thirty. Let's get things started, uh, Megan. Number one. Saturday, Utah football to play in significant milestone Rose Bowl. Was it the 100th anniversary of the Rose Bowl opening? Yeah, that's pretty cool. And when did it open? Obviously, 1920-22. not 1920-22. 22s just keep coming back for Utah this year. It's just been one of those things this season. It's a charm. It is. It's I a charm. I suppose. So. Uh, but uh, I expect Utah to come out and play really well. I think this will be a fun football game. I'm curious to what uh, version of Ohio State shows up. But, I mean, they've got to know that Utah's a bad matchup for them. Yep. Maybe they go out and out-talent them, and that could happen, and we see a 50-point performance from Ohio State somehow. But Utah's not a great matchup for the Buckeyes. Oregon getting absolutely spanked by Oklahoma made me pause a little bit and saying, well, maybe Utah's two good wins recently. Haven't been as good as we thought, but Utah's just been playing really good football in general. Uh, with Ohio State missing as many players as they are, it's just going to matter. Uh, I think Utah's going to be more excited for this game. We talked about that quite a bit this week, and I'm picking the Utes. Can two things be true at once that I think Utah is a good football team, and I think that Oregon and Mario Cristobal were getting way too much credit? Yes. Hundred percent, of course. Because I mean, Utah was smashing teams, right? I mean, they were they were playing really good football. So I, I certainly am not aiming to discount that fact. But I, Oregon was bumping and skidding all year long, and they were getting a ton of credit. And I know they were number three, but I don't know if they were ever number three. No, you know they were I mean? never the third best team in the country. Yeah, no, exactly. But that's I, Georgia might not be the. Are they third ranked right now? Georgia might not be the third best team in the country either. That could be There's true. a very real argument that that's not the case. And the win... I tell you, who ain't the fourth best team in the country? <laughs> right. Well, the win against uh, early season wins are, are, are weird sometimes. And I don't know. Maybe Oregon got a little bit uh, too much credit on that. And Ohio State obviously took a game for them to find themselves. But... The Michigan game is the one that's very telling to me. I can't wait. I, I mean, yeah, these goes, those games are today. The playoff games are today. This is great. You're taking the kids sledding. I'm going to ignore my kids. I'm going to let my kids, I'm going to put them in the snow clothes. I'm going to make them go make snowmen outside, and I'm going to stay inside warm, toasty, coffee, watching the, watching the playoff game. You know what's hilarious is this is a testament to the Rose Bowl and the clout that it carries, is that the college football playoff would bury its games on New Year's Eve just to not disrupt the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that's great. That's the granddaddy of them all, Jake. They're putting it on New Year's Eve, Friday night yeah. New Year's Eve. Yeah. It's weird. Of, Isn't that weird? Instead of bumping the Rose Bowl on a Saturday, uh, New Year's Day, where ratings... Like, there's a decent enough pe- amount of people working today that aren't just not going to be able to watch these games at all. 
or pre-partying or whatever Correct. you young hip kids are doing. Ben's going to some bourgeois, bourgeois party tonight. Yeah. Me and the bourgeoisie of South Salt Lake. I know. I know. I can't believe it either. What are you going to take? Do you take a gift? I'll take a bottle. Do you take a, a, a? Do you have to like? Like what do I take from their house? Anything I can get no, my hands no, no, on? No, but, I'm the but, party thief. Like if you steal stuff from people's houses when I go, if to you're going to take a bottle of, shit. I don't get invited to a lot of parties, and I never get invited back because of my behavior. Oh yeah, so well. I always steal something. Yeah, because you're you not going to take a hostess. You're gift. not going to see him again. Yeah, or are you going to take champagne? Because you can't just roll over there with a bottle of mumps. I'll see what I can find of that's left in my kids' candy from their stockings, and I'll just take that over. Just a handful of loose candy in my pockets. Because this is this is could be your gateway into society. You got to think. You're about my this. gateway into society. Me? Jay. Yeah. I, I I don't do anything aside from sit uh, in my basement and change diapers. Well, that's as close as I'm going to get to society. Like, <laughs> society. Uh, I'm jealous. I, I still don't know who this party uh, or who this mysterious person who's inviting you. What, well, you're not going to know who they are when I tell you. So what, what kind of what kind of is is this a, a romantic relationship, Ben? Me and this guy? Oh, it's no. a guy. No, not particularly. Okay, well, not yet. We'll see how New Year's goes. See how it goes. We'll see what happens at midnight. There's always a little magic at midnight in the air. 2022, the year of Ben. <laughs> no, no, we've got no. Stay tuned. No, I'm done for number two. I was like, how do, how can we break this up? Because I'm uncomfortable. Number two, let's go. Number two. Tonight, the Jazz face the Minnesota Timberwolves in Vivid Arena at 7 p.m. All right, Jake, I have an updated list of who is and who is not available coming Good. up tonight for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Out, D'Angelo Russell. Out, Carl Anthony Towns. Out, someone named Wright the Fourth. Questionable, Anthony Edwards returned to competition for reconditioning. So it sounds like they've cleared protocol, but we don't know if they're in good enough shape. Uh, Torian Prince, originally a Jazz draft pick, but traded for... Who's the point guard that they had during their run to the playoffs that Joe Johnson hit the, the winner that faked a toe injury so he didn't have to resign? Oh, here. George Hill. George Hill. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Vanderbilt, our guy Vanderbilt. <laughs> Jared Vanderbilt. Patrick Beverly apparently does not like it all. No. I mean, best defensive player of the year. Vanderbilt. Garden Vanderbilt. Guy's lucky to be here. It's such a good name to say he's just stuck him on Vanderbilt. Because we all played junior jazz with a kid named Vanderbilt who wore jeans to the game. That's Vanderbilt. Oh. Everyone knows there's a there's junior jazz is starting up now. Dad's out there. You got your kids playing. I promise you, you're going to know the Vanderbilt on your kid's team real quick. And if you don't see him... Your kid's the Vanderbilt. And listen, that stuff has an effect on the locker room. Britton Johnson tells <laughs> oh, a great story. Sure. Britton tells a great story where Tracy McGrady, after the, the season was over in Orlando, just buried the rest of the team in an interview. They're like, well, what, what do you think about this year? It's like, oh, my gosh. If you played with these losers, you wouldn't have had a good year either. You know, slides <laughs> and had to go back in and everybody was like, dude, come on. We're not all Vanderbilt's. Handful of us, but not Me all. Me and Rudy, best supposed best defensive player on the planet, is over there guarding <laughs> Vanderbilt. Carl Anthony Towns right here, at Vanderbilt. Are you kidding? I do like that their argument was that, like, I mean, no offense, but Boyan Bogdanovich was guarding Carl Anthony Towns for long stretches, and he's the Vanderbilt of defense. You know, Boyan is the guy that they torch. Most right. games they target. If anything they is disrespectful. Game. Now that George Nyang isn't on the team anymore, they're like, well, we'll go with Boyan. And he, uh, good for Cat. Couldn't do anything against him. 
Anyway, this should be a fun game tonight. Uh, Jazz are going to end up with a real chance to beat the Timberwolves three times in a row after getting swept by Minnesota last year. Uh, and, and you get Donovan Mitchell back tonight. No Mike Conley. Mike Conley's resting tonight, so he can play tomorrow against the Golden State Warriors. I think that's probably the right order to play those. But again, this has come back to bite the Jazz in the past, where they played Mike Conley against the Heat, didn't play him against Orlando, and the Jazz lost to both teams. And that could be a similar situation you find tonight. If you know the Jazz have struggled this year without Mike Conley, they're two and three without him in the lineup. Uh, he just brings such a steadiness and a stability to this team. And Joe Ingles isn't playing either, so you're going to be really short two guards. So I'll be curious if we see a lot more Trent Forrest or. If we ever see Jared Butler step on the floor, you are just dying to see Jared. Everyone's Butler. Everyone's dying to see Jared Butler. I'm just saying, at some point, you got to no give one guys minutes, and you need offense. You need a little Butler. bit of offense, and Jared Butler brings some offense. Uh, I loved Quinn Snyder uh, during the preseason, who was like, "I don't think I've ever seen another player in the his he second said, round pick." He said this. He got mad at us. <laughs> history he said, of the you league. You guys have asked me more questions about Jared Butler than you have Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell combined. <laughs> I really like Quinn where was this? Where was this enthusiasm for Elijah Hughes? Elijah Hughes has to be sitting there being like, hey! What am I, Vanderbilt? I got picked in the second round, Actually, too. I think he got one pick, a pick ahead of Jared yes, uh, Butler. Yes, he's got to be like, nobody's even heard of me. I got Ben Anderson on the radio that has spent at least 20 minutes of his show today talking about how much he wants to see Jared Butler. Hey, if it were up to me, I would love to see the young guys play more. I get why they don't, but if it were up to me, I would see the young guys playing a little bit more than they do. Tell you who we don't ask about. The guy they drafted in the first round a couple of years ago, who's not Desmond Bain. I'll tell you who what we should be talking about is Trent Forrest. You know why? Because he passes. Hey, I love Trent Forrest too. Go back and look at the articles. Defense. I've got the ink. I printed it. It's on it's on the internet. I I've been raving about Trent Forrest since his first preseason game I want the to Phoenix see, Suns. I want to see the guy who dribbles. Put him out there. No, I mean maybe we'll see Jared Butler. I don't know. You just we'll seem you you just seem pretty excited about it personally. Well, at some point you got there's not that many bodies. At some point you're going to have to play him if you're missing two point guards that play a combined sixty minutes a night in uh, Joe Ingles and, and Mike Conley. At some point Jared Butler can't pick up sixty minutes, right? <laughs> you know, so, so at some point, or I should say, Trent Forrest can't pick yeah. up sixty minutes. Some of those minutes have to go somewhere. I'll tell you with this about Trent Forrest: if he can be well, let me put it this way, Ben: Are you, are you gambler? You go to the, you go to the tables and play the the black jack when you have an addiction like. I do. You're a lifelong gambler. Okay, you can never Megan. Get away from Megan, it. you like the tables? You you go. You play. I don't know how to play, actually. Okay. Well, let me tell you this. I, I sounds like an easy opportunity to steal some money from Megan. We <laughs> teach her to play. In my in my Hit on nineteen every time. In my past, I've been what's known as a cooler, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> when you sit down at a table. You know, automatically cool it off and, yep. and lose Everyone for everyone. Starts losing it's cash. it's happened loves to, you. It's happened to me more than once. If Trent Forrest could be a cooler, come playoff time. I mean, say the Jazz matched up against uh, Golden State. Not that you ever stop Steph Curry, but you could send Trent Forrest in and say, "Hey, chase Steph around for a little while and make it tough on him." And he doesn't sink the ship for the rest of the team offensively or wherever. I think there's a bunch of value there. Well, and what's funny about Trent Forrest is his biggest problem is not that he can't score. It's that he doesn't shoot. He was actually pretty good last night when he was trying to get layups. And even when he misses layups, he gets the Kobe assist, as they call it, which is you get so many offensive rebounds because for whatever reason, he never shoots 
He never shoots layups right. in Trent Forrest, which is kind of the opposite of Kobe. Kobe was shooting every time he touched the ball. But he shoots so rarely that when he does get that close to the hoop, there's always a help side defender that comes over. They say, well, he never holds on to the ball this long. And believe it or not, these guys scout really well because you know they'll come over and say, well, if Trent Forrest has the ball inside five feet, that's probably the only time he's going to shoot. So they'll try and come over to block the shot, and Hassan Whiteside's going to get an offensive rebound almost every single time. Watch it tonight. It's going to happen again. And that's a good thing. Hassan Whiteside getting an offensive rebound is probably worth a point and a half every possession. It's just so easy to score off offensive rebounds in the NBA. So he needs to shoot just for that sense, but also he needs to develop his scoring game. He's got to be able to do that if he wants to stick in the NBA. Otherwise, size, instincts, playmaking, passing, dribbling, defense, he's got it all. All right, one more. Number three. Today is the 25th anniversary of BYU's Cotton Bowl win. How about that? Is that the last important bowl game BYU's played in? Hmm. I don't think there's been a more important one since, no. And to, to be fair, my fault, tomorrow is technically, it was played on New Year's Day, but we're not doing a show tomorrow. So technically, tomorrow is the 25th anniversary. I don't think they've played in a more important bowl game since then. I don't think so either. But that's, that's no disrespect. You know, Utah might not play in another more important bowl game than the Rose Bowl for another 25 years. Like, at some point, you just can't get any higher. Well, the bowl tie-ins important games. during Independence have, have been ridiculous. And the bowl tie-ins for the Mountain West Conference actually were not that great. No, they weren't. Unless you could go undefeated and break the BCS. And that yeah. wasn't a tie-in. You had right. to really break the system to get there. And the Vegas Bowl, I think they built it into be a better game probably than it deserved over the years. But it's not like if you won the league, you were getting a ticket to the Sugar Bowl. Unless you went undefeated, uh, to your point. And they could not... And there were enough other teams that weren't qualified to make it. You know, they didn't seem obvious to make it. And the... The other times that they've come close, they just haven't quite been there. Um, I'd even throw last year into that mix, but uh, go back to uh, 2008 and even 2009, right? Um, But specifically 2008 where they just couldn't beat TCU. And then the game against Utah, they lost, obviously. But uh, also, what, uh, 2006, John Beck's senior year when they were really good and had a really good defense. I think they lost two games, but just close, but didn't quite command that big bowl berth. It's amazing to me how often I will talk to BYU fans who will go back and say that that 1996 team and the 1997 Rose Bowls, or Cotton Bowl, excuse me, was the team that endeared them to BYU, that made them a fan growing up because they were 90s kids, like right. you and I were, you were a little bit more of an 80s kid, but you know, we kind of grew up in the 80s and 90s and they fell in love with that team. Specifically, our uh, late great friend, uh, Will Smith. He always yeah. talked about how he watched it with his grandfather and that was like when he started to fall in love with BYU. It, that game is important, which is why the Rose Bowl is important tonight. There are a lot, or tomorrow, there are a lot of parents that are taking their eight-year-old, their seven-year-old, their eleven-year-old who doesn't have a big interest in football to the game tomorrow, and they're going to experience football like they've never seen it before, and they will become lifelong fans. And that's part of the reason why these games matter so much. Yeah, and Steve Sarkeesian, of course, has been notable. Was the quarterback uh, on that team? And I always thought it was it was kind of a, a funny type story how he ended up there. Um, because you think, you know, random spot, I believe, well, 99% sure he's not LDS. In fact, I know he's not. Uh, but ending up at, uh, at BYU, Ben, you remember John Walsh? Does that name ring a bell? Yeah, America's Most Wanted. No. You and I were, he was a really good BYU quarterback, but you and I were talking about Mel Kuyper off the air the other day and the power of Mel Kuyper. Well, Mel Kuyper said that he was going to be like a first-round draft pick. And he ended up leaving early for the NFL and didn't make it. But Steve Sarkeesian spotted a basically fully loaded team that unexpected, uh, unexpectedly did not have 
a quarterback, and so he goes from junior college up to BYU. And yeah, I think that '96 team is one of BYU's great teams. No question, Chad Lewis. Yeah, I mean, great. By the way, there's a great podcast at kslsports.com with Mitch Harper. If you are mad that Utah's in the Rose Bowl tomorrow and you want to listen to BYU uh, in this. Uh, playing in the Cotton Bowl, go check it out with uh, Mitch Harper at kslsports.com. You think there's still a box score out there for the... Oh, yeah, buddy. Uh, <clears throat> do you want to see if uh, our guy Hans did anything? I think he was a freshman. 1997 Cotton Bowl box score. Yeah, we can pull it up. We'll have to ask Hans. I can't remember if he played in that game or not. I, I know it, he was on the problem. that team. If, even though you have a box score, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to show up unless he recorded a stat. And he kind of played on both sides of the ball, right? Hans? Yeah. No. He just no? played defense. Only played defense at that point? He played offensive line in the NFL, right? Uh, yeah, he got switched over. They okay. said you could either be cut or uh, or play some O-line. You know what? I would have done the Tebow thing. I would have taken a stand if I was Hansy. I am a defensive lineman. <laughs> Sir. You know what's what's funny about that is, Hans, uh, I, I think, and I again, I don't want to speak for him. Maybe I'll cover this on a – well, he's not listening. Never mind. Uh, but he thought if he were an offensive lineman all the way, like from high school on, as opposed to went D-line at BYU, he thinks yep. he would have had a much better yeah. NFL career. I agree. Do you? No. <laughs> you evaluate enough of Hans's film? <laughs> I think they were using him wrong. Totally using him wrong. Great uh, defensive lineman at BYU. But anyway. Shea Mulbrook, 12 tackles in this game. Henry Bloomfield, 11 tackles in the game, including nine solo tackles. No hands? Couldn't find him. Couldn't find him on there? Didn't show up? All right. Uh, Ed Keel, Ed Lamb, some uh, important names in BYU history. Central Michigan up on Washington State, 3-0. Why is the quality of this game so bad? What happened here? Last game we're watching was at least in HD. This one looks like we're playing on the NES. This is on big CBS, too. Super Tech Mobile. What are we watching here? Stay tuned. More Jake and Ben coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Jake, Scott, Ben Anderson. We were talking about movie sequels, and, and we had David weigh in, and I just couldn't disagree more. So, of course, we're going to bring it up on the air. Talk about sequels that are better than the original. David says, sequels better than the original movie. T2, Lethal Weapon 2, and Frozen 2. I haven't seen Frozen 2, but I believe that. My kids certainly like it more than the first one. Uh, T2 is great. Terminator's incredible. What a movie. And yeah, Terminator 2 is way better. Judgment Day? You crazy? Yeah, T2's great. Okay, so Frozen 2 is not better than Frozen 1. Is it not? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Have you seen Terminator 2 Judgment Day? Not better than Terminator 1. It's a thousand times better. It lives up to the hype. It's maybe the greatest blockbuster of all time. As far as like summer blockbuster, we're going to have a semi-truck jump into the L.A. River, Arnold, the cop, uh, the kid, the mom, Connors. That's a mo- that's such a good movie. And Lethal Weapon 2, it doesn't matter. Correct. Yeah, it's like, you know, Scary Movie 2 might be yeah, funnier than Scary Movie 1. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't Those matter aren't in the all. canon, unfortunately. Uh, let's see. And then he goes on. He says, great movie remakes. Original, Kurosawa's The Seven Samurai. Okay. Remakes The Magnificent Seven. Uh, and uh, A Bug's Life? That's a remake? Oh, interesting. 
Uh, I've also heard that Ringo, Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, who's the guy who cut off all his fingers? Who's dating him here? James, uh, Johnny Depp. <laughs> he cut off all his fingers? He did. He cut off, all, he cut off his fingertips. He's a tr- troubled person. Uh, Ringo, he did the movie here. He's the lizard. Is a remake or is based on the story of uh, Chinatown. Okay. Which we've talked about. We both like Chinatown. That is Which that I haven't seen the sequel, movie. which is called The Two Jakes, which is how I feel every time you and Jake Hatch come in here. I have not seen the sequel. I'm guessing it's not as good. All right. Uh, see, but uh, we can tell David is a bit of a movie buff because he goes with the, the Seven Samurai. Right. You know, he's getting into the weeds a little bit. But, but the original okay. one's fine, too. All right. Yeah. I've seen the original one because it's kind of a Western. It was kind of the first Western, even though it's Japanese. I'm trying to think. Uh, Grease 2, not as good. No. No, it didn't live up to it. Caddyshack 2? Nope. Nerds 2, Revenge of the Nerds. And see, comedy sequels are especially bad because they just try to use the same jokes. Oh, Home Alone 2 is uh, inarguably a terrible movie. It's the exact same movie as number one. The exact same it's movie. It's the exact same movie as number one. They just recast it like three or four side characters, even though the best part is the hotel staff, which is really funny because Tim Curry's really funny and Rob Schneider's funny. But they just recast and they added, somehow they added another 30 minutes to it. I tried to turn it on one night before Christmas at like 11 o'clock. I'm like, this movie's two hours long. I'm not going to stay up till one o'clock watching this. Anyways. Gotta admit though, watching uh, Joe Pesci get the crap kicked out of him is pretty hilarious. That's oh, always funny. That's they're funny. That's of the the Wet Bandits. You and uh, you and Tim Lacombe are funny in that movie. I, hey, I somehow uh, convinced myself to see The Hangover too. Like this Bad. is this is the same movie. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, the second Mission Impossible, but that's kind of like a franchise, which kind of goes back to Megan's argument about Lord of the Rings. It's like not really a sequel. It is technically, but the first Mission Impossible is a snooze fest. Speaking of Tom Cruise, but the second one is they realize like, hey, we should actually have some action that people like in this, and it is better. They haven't seen it. Mad Max Fury Road, reheated movies. Mad Max Fury Road is way better than the original Mel Gibson Mad Maxes. Not even close. I haven't it's seen it. A tri- you haven't seen the new Mad Max? No. Ben. Ben just took off his headset. Is that offensive or something? Seeing the new year, Megan? Ben's out. He's calling it a day. I, kn- I didn't know this was your line, Ben. I didn't know that it was Mad Max Fury Road. More Jacob Ben next. Stay tuned, maybe. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the youths as they prepare for the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl. Keep it locked on The Zone all week long as The Zone gets you ready for the biggest game in Utah football history. As Kyle Whittingham and the youths square off against Ohio State. Get live up to the second coverage with Patrick Kinahan, Alex Keery, and Scott Mitchell. Live from Pasadena, your home for the best Rose Bowl coverage in Utah. It's right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com 
or wherever you get your podcasts.